0: Okay, it's it's 10 after. Why don't we uh, go ahead and uh, start? And then uh, Rich, Tim and I, after you start, can help keep an eye on the participants list and add more as they come. Uh, welcome everybody in the community of Lawrence. My name is Stuart Gary. I'm the public safety principal for CityGate Associates and the team leader uh, on this session. This is a uh, public at large input session to our police study. As you know, Lawrence has engaged Citygate associates to conduct an outside neutral and very comprehensive evaluation of everything that is Lawrence policing. And it's data driven internally as to all aspects of the police department's operations. It's external in terms of the community services as is today and what the community as a, and its commission as a reflection of the community wants police services to evolve uh, into in these times in the united states part of this project is just listening us just listening as a team uh, to the perceptions of the Lawrence uh, community, We're not today testing uh, possible recommendations. We're still deeply going through the police department data and, and the city issues and allied cooperating partners like mental health care agencies, the county, et cetera. We're still very much in the in the inputs phase. So we really value your time today. Uh, With me are Richard Ward and and Dr. Lauren Brown on the CityGate team. They're going to co-facilitate the listening. Uh, In in addition to thanking you for your time, I want to remind everybody this meeting is being recorded. This is a public session, and we would respectfully request the same decorum as you would show when testifying uh, at a city commission meeting. And these uh, video files will be made available on the city's YouTube site. Uh, to encourage other members of the public to speak up Uh, i don't want that to sound constraining Uh, we are not wallflowers this is not our first rodeo and we want passion we want to know about your interactions with lawrence police we want to know about your aspirations for improving uh, policing in in the city of lawrence and so passion comes with that don't uh, don't don't be shy Uh, Just just remember you're on on tape and if you you say it, you you own it, that's all. Uh, With that, Chief Ward, I'd like to have you uh, introduce yourself and Dr. Brown and take over. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh,
1: Stu. Good evening, everyone. My pleasure to be here. My name is Richard Ward. I'm a retired police chief out of California. I worked in two agencies here, three actually, one is an interim police chief, and I've been a, a teacher and I've been with CityGate less than a year. And so we're excited to work with the city of Lawrence and to kind of examine their police department. Uh, Before I go over some ground rules, I'm going to turn it over to my co-host, Dr. Lauren Brown, so she can introduce herself.
2: Good afternoon, Uh, my name is Lauren Brown. I am also a a new city gate associate and part of the team um, here today conducting this study. Uh, My career has been in social equity, justice, and serving underrepresented populations as a uh, staff member, as a researcher, and as a college professor. And I'm happy to be here with you today. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Uh, Just some ground rules before we start. Uh, If you would, uh, before you uh, jump in and speak, uh, of course, use your mic, um, mic, uh, mute your mics, I'm sorry. Uh, if you would and then use the uh, raise your hand feature you'll see that at the bottom of your screen under reactions at that reactions of smiley face on your screens. Use the raise your hand feature uh, and i'll call upon you i'm going to we're going to have four discussion areas I'll, I'll present those and i'd like to give each participant no more than five minutes in this first pass As, as we uh, take uh, take statements take some testimony, if you will, and then given time uh, we will probably. Um, uh, take, uh, we'll we'll I'll give you more time. We'll afford each of you more time after those first five minutes. I'll probably call on those who did not participate first. We had a meeting, a similar public meeting on Saturday. For, uh, for those who did not participate on Saturday, I'll look to you to, uh, to, to weigh in and give us your thoughts about the Lawrence Police Department. So with that said, uh, I'll start with the uh, four areas. And, and they're these, so please think about these and, and give us at least a good five minutes of your thoughts. The experiences you may have had with the Lawrence police, what were those like? Secondly, the essential services that Lawrence PD should provide. You know, there's been talk across the country of reforming and reimagining and defunding police. We want to know what you think in terms of what services need to remain. They are essential for Lawrence police to continue to provide. And then thirdly, the future programs that need to be added to Lawrence or shifted to and done possibly with. Other community groups are done entirely by other outside allied groups. So think about that. The future services and or programs that need to be added to Lawrence PD or shifted to other community-based organizations or groups, or maybe there's some combination there of where they work together. And then lastly, your aspirations for the future of policing in Lawrence. What does that look like? If you could paint this vision of your preferred police department, what would it look like? What are the components of that? So please raise your hand and I'll call on you. I'll, um, I'll acknowledge those hands I do see go up, but I'll try to go in order. If, I'm, if, I, if I go out of order, excuse me, I'm, I'm trying to keep track. I'm not a Zoom expert, at least not yet. Slowly becoming one. Anyone, please uh, raise your hand and we'll get started. I see Brandon. Yes, sir.
3: Yes, uh, Rich, sorry, just, just real quick. I wanted to make one more note um, to our introductory comments, uh, just to acknowledge that we do have members of our city commission and our community police review board and human relations commission. Um, uh, and I we have invited them to participate um, in a listening role uh, for these meetings. Um, so they will not be just for the members of the, the public who see them on, they will not be in, engaging um, in discussion, but they are uh, definitely here listening. Um, and interested in in your feedback as well.
1: Thank you and welcome, our elected officials. Any comments? Again, the experiences, future programs that might be added to or shifted from the police department or done in conjunction with some community-based groups, Um, the essential services that the department should keep, I see Chris Anderson. Um, Can you hear me? Yes, Chris. Please uh, go ahead. Great. My name is Chris. I'm my name is Chris Anderson. I'm a
4: 20 year resident of Lawrence. Uh, I work for KU. Um, I'm going to weigh in on number two, the essential services. Um, I think that the Lawrence PD should uh, uh, reinvest in more moving traffic violation enforcement. There has been, according to
1: uh,
4: statistics I've read in the Lawrence Journal world, there was a substantial decline in the number of moving violations that were cited in the city of Lawrence by the Lawrence PD and other law enforcement over the last several years. Um, I have noticed an increase in minor traffic violations, like people running red lights, speeding in, on all of our roads, um, going through stop signs, going out of turn on four-way stops um, and other aspects of of simply just moving traffic violations and endanger people. And uh, there has been a market drop in moving uh, violations that have been cited by the city. Uh, I think it's led to a deterioration of safety on the streets and uh, a sense of lawlessness and promoted unsafe driving. So I would like to see the Lawrence PD spend more time on the streets, observing traffic, and writing tickets for people who are guilty of moving violations.
1: Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Any other comments? Um, are either four topics? Please don't uh, be, as Stu said, don't be bashful. <laughs> No one on those? Anything yet? Um, Chris, you have an additional comment? Is that?
4: Yeah, I, I guess I, I, in terms of um, the future of policing or other essential services, uh, uh, again, there was a time uh, maybe a decade ago when there was an emphasis placed on having more uh, police members on foot or on bicycles in the downtown area. Uh, And in my observation, um, I'm not down there during troubled times like bar closings and things like that to know what their presence is at that time. That's not my lifestyle. But at other times in the downtown area, I don't frequently see police on foot or on bicycles, interacting with the public on on Massachusetts Street, or other uh, high pedestrian traffic areas. And I think having the police out in the community, moving amongst people on foot uh, uh, is, is something that they should be doing to promote good relations and to you know, foster an atmosphere that the police are here and they're part of our lives in prominent areas like Massachusetts Street.
1: Thank you again. Any other uh, comments, questions, clarification? Service experiences, the essential services, again, future programs, uh, I think not just about current, current, excuse me, my little dog too, current Lawrence PD, but, but the future of Lawrence and aspirations for the future. So don't don't limit your thinking again to what you see today but think ahead too. I'll go to Marsha M. Thank you.
5: Um, First of all, I want to thank you for this opportunity. I think it's a wonderful thing and I'm glad we can Zoom because if it was a meeting downtown, I probably wouldn't be there. But um, I've lived in Lawrence over 50 years, had very little contact with the police. I do know some police officers over the years, but most of those are retired now. But uh, my concern is, uh, and maybe it's being dealt with, I don't know, uh, is the CIT training for officers, and I really don't know what the CIT is, but I know it has to do with mental health, and that is one of my concerns is that we always deal with mental health and that our officers be trained uh, to deal with those kind of people uh, in a... A gentle and caring way.
1: Thank you. That's That's been a, a topic we've heard in other groups and other meetings too. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. Again, any other comments, the future of Lawrence, current experiences, existing essential services that you believe the department should continue to do? Or maybe if they're not doing something that you find essential, you can explain what that is. No other tickers. I'll add that a part of our work where, um, we're, um, not only listening to community leaders and other stakeholders and some of our elected officials locally, uh, we're meeting with members of the department. We're collecting a lot of data and documents from them and from the city. Um, to your point, Mr. Anderson, about traffic enforcement, that's an area too. We're looking at traffic data, the um, arrests, all of those uh, indicators of what police officers in Lawrence are doing. Calls for service is a big, big thing that we're looking at. So. We're taking that in conjunction with what we're listening to, what we're hearing from the community. And then we do a gap analysis. We look at where are there gaps? where is What's missing? Is there a disconnect between what we're hearing versus what the officers and what the data show? So just to give you a kind of a, some insight into what our work entails.
4: I want to thank you all for your time. Um, I'm going to leave.
1: Thank you all. Thank you. Good evening. No other comments, questions for us? Um, you may have a, uh, a concern outside of those areas I discussed. Don't, don't limit your comments to those. Um, so if you have a concern or comment or some feedback input for us outside of those four topical areas, let us know that too.
0: Richard, I see you just admitted one new participant to the waiting room. Uh, I was going to ask Brandon uh, if there's not ongoing testimony. It's only 27 minutes after the hour. We maybe stay on at least till half past the hour or three-quarter past the hour just to give any late attendees a, a, a shot. But but at some point, if we don't accrue new attendees, we we may need to end early. Just an observation right now. Oh, here's another new, two newcomers.
3: Yes, and and City Commissioner Larson uh, is one who just joined us as well. I can can see on my screen uh, that we have Marsha and Sherilyn, and um, I believe Nancy as as well, who was just admitted. Um, And uh, the rest of our attendees on the meeting are, with our appointed boards or elected boards or with the media. Um, so I know that we had several more people, um, several more community members sign up uh, to participate this evening. Um, and I saw some more of them on earlier, but uh, it, it appears that maybe they they hopped off the meeting shortly after it started. So um, I, I would maybe just, you uh, um, see if Sherilyn or Nancy would like, would like to engage. But Rich, I'll turn it back over to you to maybe reframe the, the um, prompts, the discussion prompts.
1: Yeah, for those who have just jumped on and joined our, uh, our, um, our Zoom meeting, uh, I posed four questions, if you will, topic areas for, for this meeting. And there are these, the, uh, ex- your experiences with the Lawrence Police being one, the services you believe are essential, for the Lawrence police to continue to provide or two. And then th- thirdly, uh, future programs that you believe might be added to Lawrence PD or shifted from the department and provided by some other organization, some other community-based service. And then fourthly, the, the future, how do you, the aspirations, if you could aspire to what, if Lawrence PD could, uh, could aspire to what you uh, would imagine it to be, what you would hope it to be, what would that look like? So those are the areas uh, feel free to uh, give us five minutes. I'm giving a dog attack here. I'm sorry for that. Give us your.
0: i going to mute my.
1: Any comments, questions? And again, don't limit yourself to those areas if you have some other comments or experiences with the department. I think those are essential and important for us to hear too. Must be a Kansas Jayhawks basketball game tonight. Maybe that's it, huh?
3: Yes, unfortunately, they did end up scheduling one at the last moment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it looks like Chad is joining us.
1: Yeah. Do you have a comment on the Lawrence police? I, I, um, I know you just jumped on Mr. Steele, but if you have a comment on the Lawrence police around their experiences, your experiences with them, um, programs you believe they should add or maybe be taken away from them, um, essential services and then aspirations for the future, what you would aspire the police department to be, to look like, those are the questions, those are the issues we're looking for, but we're not gonna limit the group to those four, if there's some other areas relative to the police department that you believe are important that should be heard tonight, please let us know what those are. Please speak to those. And just use the uh, raise your hand feature if you would. I'd say mute your mic, but no one's speaking. so.
2: Hi, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Please. Hi, uh, my name is Chad Steele. Uh, I'm a longtime Lawrence resident, I uh, just wanted to talk for a second. I don't know if anyone's uh, mentioned uh, the Benchmark Survey. Uh, so the City of Lawrence Police already participates in a, a, a survey of uh, what they could compare data on uh, 30 different cities. It was started by Overland Park uh, nearby in Kansas City. Uh, a few years ago, uh, as a way to uh, compare similar cities, uh, c- cities that are like uh, desirable, I think the criteria were like they have a triple A bond rating, uh, located on an interstate highway, they usually have a university, and they frequently appear on a list of uh, places people want to live or travel to, uh, so that you don't have to compare Lawrence to uh, you know Topeka or uh, Wichita places that are uh, you know pretty terrible. Uh, so yeah, like in twenty, I think it was twenty fourteen, uh, I'm started reading the benchmark survey uh, when there was like a, a vote uh, we were having. And uh, at a city meeting, I asked the police chief at the time, Tariq Khatib, uh, about uh, some uh, what the clearance rate uh, in Lawrence. Uh, the clearance rate in 20, was it 2012 uh, for rape? Uh, clearance, I guess, is uh, if someone's arrested after the crime is reported. The clearance rate was uh, 9.3%. So uh, like nine out of 10 rapists were not arrested uh, when it was reported in Lawrence that year. Um, I, and at the same year, uh, the clinch rate in Overland Park was 100%. So they they arrested someone. It's not conviction, but they they put someone in handcuffs, took them to jail uh, every time someone reported being raped by them. Uh, and we were the lowest by far, like 9.3%. Sounds sounds insane. So I asked him about this uh, at a meeting. I right? think there were city commissioners there, um, and uh, he he lied. He said that the 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 figure was wrong and that the, something was off and that he would change it or you know, it was incorrect, uh, but then uh, it never changed. So the, the data, it turns out, was it's what the police department reports to the FBI crime statistics. Uh, so it's accurate, like, you know, that really happened in 2012. Only, you know, 9.3% of uh, rapists were even arrested, and that's not convictions. Uh, so, yeah, I just, I'd like to for the city like, commission and the, the city manager to actually use the benchmark report. Uh, survey like it's you know intended uh, to make decisions on the uh, policing you know uh, for everything I mean there's there's hundreds and hundreds of pages of data in it uh, comparing us to similar cities so we can so when there's like guess city commission meeting and uh, the police chief or uh, someone shows up from the police department and, and says they, they need this or this is uh that way or whatnot uh, they should really not uh, not take that sort of anecdotal information, but, uh which, you know, the way they've done things for a long time, they should really be using this benchmark survey to make decisions uh, instead of relying on the information from the police department. Cause I mean, I, I don't know, I am still pretty shocked that the police chief lied to my face in front of the city commission and everything. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, I think a will like, uh, it's also uh, kind of indicative. Uh, I've lived in Lawrence for a long time. My family's from here. We, you know, we've been, our, our farm is under Clinton Lake and all that uh, good stuff. But, uh, uh, but every time I've reported a crime to the Lawrence Police Department, uh, they always say uh, they always have like an excuse to not, not act on it. So uh, they're like, too busy or. Uh, incorrectly you know, lied to me and told me that the, the city statute says, uh, you know, if a dog bites my dog, my dog has to have blood on it or some nonsense. So um, I've been lied to. And I, I've talked to other people who've reported, uh, you know, even serious crimes uh, like burglaries and whatnot or being attacked. And uh, it's always the same. They're always, uh, they're never taken serious. The police always have some sort of like uh you know they don't have time for this uh attitude and then when if you insist that they you know do their job uh then they start to you know accuse you of things so you know uh, search your house for alcohol you know for alcohol or marijuana or whatnot well if you report a burglary and uh, you know so yeah i feel like if you interviewed uh people who have reported crimes to the Lawrence Police Department, that would probably have uh, some good information in it, uh, like a satisfaction survey. Um, yeah. And then like, I really feel like, uh, you know, we're talking about the policing priorities, like the clearance rate. Like, I don't know why this isn't uh, it. This should be like the the priority. Like uh, when serious crimes are reported, like rapes or murder or sexual assault, like that that should be solved. Someone should be, you know, Arrested and taken to jail, like that's that's your job. So if nine out of ten rapes in Lawrence uh, are not acted on in any way, and rapists walk the streets, like that's a that's totally a failure. Like they, that's their job. That's all this other stuff, the community policing, and uh, you know what people think about them. I don't think that's that's not as important. Like, we should really like look at. We have the data. It shows they uh, are not doing their like most fundamental job. And then uh, we know that they're, they're aware of this and they like resist any suggestion that they aren't doing their job. Um, I, don't, I don't know why there isn't more like talk about like the last police chief. Like that we are, we already did all this. We already like voted, I said, new city commission in. They hired an outside police chief, a man of color uh, from Memphis, uh, Chief Burns, uh, was supposed to, uh, you know, come from the outside and change the, uh, you know, boy infrastructure and know uh, problems we're having and uh, you know they, the police fired him you know they fired their own boss and uh, he's kind of was forced out of town so I don't know why that that's not really being talked about. It seems like uh, you know kind of important but uh, yeah, it's not a thing so I don't know yeah.
1: um, thanks for listening to me and, yeah Thank you for your comments. we appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us. Thank you. Yeah. Any other comments? Um, input?
0: Could for ask... hey, Rich, could I ask Chad? Chad, yeah. are you still there? Could I ask Chad a quick follow-up question, if he's still available?
2: Yeah, sure.
0: That, uh, thanks for the input. And other members of my team are doing this incident statistics deep dive over several recent years. Some of what you spoke to now, the recent police chief issue, we understand, but some of the personal experiences you yourself and some of your friends have, have had, would you say that's in current to less than three to five years, or did some of those recollections expand over, let's say, a decade? Because we've got their existing training policies, right? We've got their existing things and data, and I'm trying to match legacy um observations versus things I can go find in the data set in the last three years?
2: Uh, yes, this is absolutely current. Uh, i so try not to self disclose too much. Uh, yesterday uh, my you know partner reported a serious crime to the police and uh, I told someone at the time that they would uh, they would, they would do the same thing they do when uh, my bike was stolen. Um, so they don't have time, it's not serious. Um, it's kind of spin things around and then if you uh, insist then in, uh, to, to say something insulting and uh, try, say they're going to investigate you there will be consequences. Uh, this happened yesterday yesterday and which I know yeah' trying to work through that trying to, to, sorry to not to self disclose uh, too much but uh, and this is this has gone on for I don't know I'm, I'm from Lawrence so as long as I can remember um, yeah and I definitely think you know the, the, we know there's a huge problem uh, the, the, they train their you know everything in-house. If, if the training is bad, we know it's bad, This data is bad, people say it's bad, you know, uh, you have some, someone shoot someone in the back thinking they're grabbing their taser. Uh, the police department should really acknowledge this and, you know, say, admit it. But uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's ridiculous. They don't uh, don't train at the uh, state police training department or whatever, like every other um, city or size and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Thank you. I, I That's appreciate right. that. Information? that. It does. And, and furthermore, because I don't want you uh, quote in, in, in public like this, but if you uh, would be so kind, there is a project email. And if you do have anything more specific as to, hey, this week, this month at the 100 block of, of Acme Street, you know, one of these occurrences happened, it just helps us to, again, forensically chase a few threads down from, from the anecdotal listening to something more specific, right. and and that's, so that, that that's going to know, super that if there's other. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, if you've got other anecdotal but somewhat self-disclosing information, don't do it here. Send us an email.
2: Right.
0: Right. I was going to say, like, the
2: everything about this is broken, and they're totally aware that it's broken. I mean, the the complaints. Uh, Procedure, whatnot. I, I don't know if someone had, I had pointed out uh, to the secret, someone on commission, the city commission that if you went to the uh, police department website to make a complaint, uh, it, you clicked make a complaint and it brought you to a page to make a compliment to them, and you had to scroll through making a, an online compliment to them for all they do, and then you could get down. And then to make a complaint, you had to print it off uh, your complaint and bring it in person to the police department, where they'd be interviewed multiple times, and then. Uh, you know, the complaint process, I don't know if you're familiar yet, but the, it's a sort of a secret committee rubber stamp. Uh, we, and for years and years, we had this criminal justice council, whatnot, where they would have these meetings with the police chief and a bunch of, you know, other police officers and people who meant well, and they would just read you know this uh, sheet of paper off saying, uh, officer accused, charged, uh, get dismissed. Tractured. There was nothing on it. it, you know, it went on for years. Uh, so they're fully aware that, the, the They're immune. They're insulated from all consequences, and uh, you know, the people of the city don't have any ability to change uh, how they do things. They, they have, you know, they come up with these uh, criminal justice coordinating council or uh, you know, these rubber stamps. I mean, do nothing commissions. Um, And then when people elect a new city commission, who's supposed to be the boss of the police department? uh, You know, they hire someone and the police department, the police officers you know fire them, like it's, it doesn't make any sense. There's no, it's the inmates are running the asylum or whatnot. Uh, I don't know. So yeah, that's why uh, I feel like a lot of people are giving you guys a lot of hell. Uh, so yeah, yeah.
0: but uh, Thank you. this is kind of what you're we, approaching. We, we do hear you on the issues and several of the things you just mentioned are, are within our preview that we're researching also but thank you for reinforcing it and be, being sure we're looking uh, at all of the issues, not, not just uh, the easy ones. So we're, yeah. thank you very much. Brandon, I'm assuming no additional members of the public have wandered into your facility.
3: is correct
6: um hi can you guys hear me
1: yes uh, we can oh, hi
6: um my name is nancy stark i don't currently live in lawrence but my plan i grew up in lawrence and my plan is to retire there i'm actually currently living out on the west coast and kind of stuck here because of COVID, but I own a little house, um, on Louisiana street in old West Lawrence. And I lived in Lawrence, um, from 2014 to 2018. And I'm also, um, uh, a mental health provider who worked at Burt Nash and at KU, um, while I was in Lawrence. I, I have a couple of questions. I came in late So I'm not sure who everybody is, Um, but um, I guess the thing that's most on my mind, um, I just watched a PBS special called Peace Officer um, about some um, situations that resulted in police shooting and killing someone in Utah. And one of the things that really struck me from that um, really good um, program was how much um, free militarized equipment local police departments have been given by the military. And I wanted to know if that's true of the Lawrence Police Department and kind of whether there's any move to reduce that or get rid of it altogether. Um, uh, So that's one of my questions. And then I have some others that may be pretty out of date because like I said, I haven't lived in Lawrence since fall of 2018. Although I do have a lot of Facebook friends that I do keep in touch with, um, what's going on there and my little house that I own is rented and stuff. So, um, I do try to stay current, but, um, yeah, that's, I guess, the question right now that's uppermost in my mind. Thanks.
1: Uh, that's an issue from um, Ms. Stark that's come up um, that I um, I don't know if we have the answer to, but that's I, I've taken a note of that, the, mili- the military equipment. We've seen uh, there has been an increase. I don't know if it has been recently across the country of of uh, surplus equipment, departments have gotten and received. I don't know the status of that in Lawrence, but we'll look into that. It's a great point.
0: I was going to say, Nancy, uh, since you started late, this is a, a, a public input session. We're not yet discussing draft findings uh, or opinions, but we're just gathering uh, perceptions and needs for, to be sure we're looking at at all the right avenues of policing. And what you've mentioned uh, is on the standard list of issues uh, that we're gathering inform- information on with the rest of the team and uh, is of concern across America if you look at many of the recent policing studies and a conversation on policing in America. And she's my furry friend here. We just woke up from a nap. It's uh, the, the, the whole physical thing. Whenever
6: I do speed. a Zoom meeting, my cat thinks everybody's talking to her. <laughs>
0: Well, mine, mine, mine likes my voice. So uh, the orange tabby is part of the city gate team, but we we hear your comments, and and they'll be researched also, and and your comments are in line with uh, other contemporary conversations on policing in America, and they have to be addressed. So thank you very much. And just want to let you know, we're not so much conversing back today, because we're still in the research and listening mode, and aren't going to prematurely offer opinions on one or two things until we understand the full context.
1: For those who haven't uh, participated um, that are not just listening, um, please feel free to weigh in again the essential services of the Lawrence police, what should they keep or what should they be doing in your view, uh, what have been your experiences with Lawrence police. Um, thirdly, what are the uh, uh, future programs. That Lawrence might, uh, what might be taken from the department or added to the department or the department might consider doing in conjunction with some other community-based service provider, and then the aspirations for the future of policing in Lawrence. Uh, What should that look like? What should the department look like? What should the department be doing in the years to come? Anyone? I know Miss, I think Miss Wells, I think you spoke Saturday. If you have any comments, I don't you're still there.
2: Uh, I mean no one else is gonna, gonna say yeah, I, 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 I do have a few points. Uh, uh, uh yeah, I have a lot to talk for a bit. Uh but uh I, I really feel like uh um, when they talk about the priorities and staffing things like that, uh I, it is, you said that the city is like uh, really overstaffed with police. Uh, I know that they, they constantly go to the city commission meetings and say they need, you know, they're understaffed or whatnot. But uh, in Lawrence, you know, we have the city police. Uh, you have the University of Kansas, uh, the campus police. Uh, and we also have the sheriff's department uh, and then the highway patrol. Uh, if you drive around Lawrence for any amount of time, uh, you'll notice uh, a lot more police officers just everywhere, um, not really doing anything. Uh, it'll, but uh, they're there, and uh, totally different than uh, if you go to Johnson County uh, or the other, you know, the other benchmark cities that uh, you know we can travel to easily, or to travel anywhere else. Uh, it's there's a lot of cops in the Uh so this whole like uh, um, understaffing uh, response time statistic thing is uh, I feel like uh, skewed. Uh, the, if you look at the benchmark survey as well, you'll see that uh, the the Lawrence police have a policy uh, uh, of uh, sending a police officer to uh, like non-crime, you know, we call 911 because uh, you know, you, you broke your arm or something like that. Uh, they'll send a police officer first uh, to, to secure the area or something. Uh, they, you know, they don't provide first aid, uh, but they show up and, you know, they'll still arrest you if you have, you know, pot on you or something like that. Uh, I feel like that occupies uh, a huge amount of their time, and it, it's it, it's in the benchmark survey uh, for the five uh, you know, five biggest uh, things they respond to um, that they're non non criminal non emergency calls. Um, I feel like that that should be addressed. Uh, like if they stop that, like if you didn't send a police officer to a non criminal emergency call, uh, that could uh, you know they could prioritize uh, something else. Uh, and then really, I feel like their priorities. Uh, are skewed, skewed like uh, like bi- bike theft. Like uh, they had uh, officers that just worked on bike theft. Uh, I've had growing up in Lawrence, and even uh, you know recently, um, people steal bikes all the time. Uh, they have like uh, you know, they're pretty sophisticated. They cut off the locks with these uh, you know saws, whatnot. Uh, and you can find your bike if you try hard. Uh, like if you go to uh, the different pawn shops and whatnot, and you look on Craigslist. Uh, and I've recovered a stolen bike, the bike that I you know, reported stolen from a pawn shop in Lawrence. And the the, the police officer just took my photo with the bike, and that, that was it. They didn't, you know, arrest the person who sold them the bike. They didn't, you know, charge the pawn shop for, you know, possessing stolen goods, even though that this is a endemic. I think if you talk to everyone, uh, you know, who's owns a bike in Lawrence, uh, they've had it stolen. Um, And then if you report it stolen, they they write the report, they give you the runaround, they don't have time for it. Um, Also, when I was younger, there was a a bike registration program where they would, you know, you pay them like 50 cents and they give you a sticker, you sit on your bike and you can look it up. uh, And they stopped that at some point. Uh, Like it didn't make any sense. I don't know why they they decided to stop it, but uh, but it was odd. And then there's also like a if you look in the benchmark report, uh, it's stolen goods uh, that are returned to people. Uh, so there's statistics on it. and It was like a, you know, an average year of something like 30,000 recovered stolen items and then like, a, like 70 or something insane are returned to, to their owners. It's uh, so like, you know, they, they complained uh, the last few years that they don't have enough warehouse space because they have all these uh, recovered stolen things, but they uh, what. Years and years ago, when I was younger, I remember the city used to auction off the unclaimed uh, recovered stolen bikes. And then you know, it was a good way to get a cheap bike that was, you know, nice, and whatnot. Uh, the city would do it. Then it was at the, uh, like the, the, oh gosh, the utility building and whatnot. And then uh, under Tariq Khatib, he, uh, he did what a bunch of other police departments do, where they, they joined this uh, scammy eBay ripoff kind of site uh, called. Well, I can't recall what it is. Uh, but basically, they, it's a company that uh, caters to law enforcement agencies and sells their uh, auctionable goods online. Uh, but if you go to it, it's it's some kind of a racket. Uh, like everything has like a huge shipping fee. Obviously, you know, you're going to have a bike through the mail and uh, there's tons of complaints about it. And, you uh, know, you never see anything in Lawrence posted on there. So if they could just go back to auctioning off. In Lawrence to people that live in Lawrence, uh, that would be pretty great. Um, so yeah, see what else? Priorities. Like I feel like their priorities are uh, skewed, and it's not what they present to uh, the city commission. Uh, if several years ago, they, uh, they made a big case about the we don't have a, a police dog, and so if if there's a bomb. You know, we have to call, uh, you know, Overland Park or Topeka to get their bomb dog and have come down. And so uh, you know, we had to have these new police dogs, uh, you know, even though the ones had never had them uh, previously. And then, you know, they made the cases life or death and it's going to save lives and all this. And then so we got these uh, two police dogs and whatnot. And uh, they're only, they're pretty much just used for drug interdictions. Uh, I mean, it's, that's the, I think it's like I said, obvious. Priority that they don't state to the city commission is that drug interdictions are there, like, that's all they're doing. If you look at the benchmark survey, uh, it's pulling people over, uh, DUIs, and uh, trying to get, you know, drug people dri- driving around with drugs. Uh, and that's, you know, what the dogs are used for in conjunction with the, the highway patrol that's been uh, posted in the news and whatnot. Um, but it seems like, uh, like the Lawrence Police Department is is a DUI department, like that's, that's pretty much all they do. Uh, I mean, if you look at the data, that's I mean, that's most of what's going on. Uh, it's pulling people over for DUIs, uh, minor traffic violations. And, and if you talk to any of the few black people that still live in Lawrence, uh, you're constantly being pulled over. They, they, uh, <laughs> this uh, We've had to like, you know, do all this nonsense and uh, whatnot because they, the police couldn't uh, couldn't track the race of the people that they pulled over where, they, where we could track, you know, track them at the, the jail. Uh, so we're finally going to get a survey of that at some point. Uh, but it's super overt. I mean, it's the most overt uh, racial profiling. I think you'll see anywhere. Uh, black people are consistently pulled over in Lawrence uh, for uh, non-moving violations. Like, your license plate lights is uh, not on. You didn't signal long enough before you turned. Uh, things like that. And then once they're pulled over, it's really just a... Uh, you know, officiating expedition to see if you can uh, find marijuana, um, and/or if they've uh, had any alcohol that day. So uh, I feel like that's that's their de facto priority. Uh, that's all I see them do. Uh, it Seems to be really what they go to town on. Uh, you see that statistically, anecdotally, and then uh, you know, firsthand experience. Uh, so I feel like you. We should just say that.
1: Thank you. we Appreciate Thanks. your comments. Appreciate your comments. Any other comments uh, from the group? We're probably going to adjourn sooner rather than later, given the lack of comments. Any other comments? Closing comments? Um, And please use the raise your hand.
6: Oh, okay, Nancy again. I'll do two. Um, uh, And again, I may be really out of date. I was working at Burt Nash when Eunice Rudinger retired, and she was the amazing clinician there who pioneered the trainings for the Lawrence police on mental health emergencies. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that program. But um, with all the back and forth that's happened around the jail expansion and kind of using the need for better mental health care as a way to um, get people to, you know, coupling it with the jail expansion so that you couldn't get the one without the other, um, which I did not agree with. But anyway, I wonder what the state is of the um, training of um, the Lawrence police uh, for mental health, Mm. and whether that's being done Mm. through Bert Nash, the way it was originally when Eunice was there. um, And I also think that's a bigger issue than just a Lawrence issue because of the, you know, many places in the country that have um, tried to come up with alternatives um, to be sure that mental health emergencies um, are being dealt with in the best possible way. So I guess that's a, a, to me, a big ongoing issue, um, of how, um, the, you know, city and county are going to fund, um, and staff, um, mental health, um, treatment, um, you know, and what's the relationship between the police department and the need for, um, you know, emergent mental health services. Um, so, again, I, I just put it out there as an issue. And then my, my last issue is um, the only time I, the last time anyway, that I attended a... Uh, city council meeting where there was a community police review board um it seemed and this was probably 2017 so again i know i'm out of date but i wonder sort of what the state is of the community review board and the community review board process what really jumped out at me as someone who um you know, knows something about psychiatric emergencies from my long work in that um, in community health. Um, it seemed like the community review board didn't have um, the necessary uh, sort of subpoena powers, or enforcement powers to even get the most basic information about what the police department was doing. It seemed like woefully under, um, uh, um, not underfunded so much as not given any teeth so that it really could operate Um, to even get basic information about um, things that were happening. And so I guess for me, that's another issue. And again, I may be out of date, but for me, that's another issue um, that's kind of an ongoing, longstanding process that I would really like to see, um, you know, beefed up and made to be real and not just window dressing.
1: So, thank you. Thank you, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. Any other uh, closing comments before we do close? Um, appreciate your time. All of those who participated. Yeah. Can you just take a quick minute, Mr.
2: Steele? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I, I first, I'd like to say, uh, there's a problem, I was lost this problem with overt racism. It's overt, it's not this, uh, um, unconscious bias, whatnot, and it really needs to be pointed out, uh, it's overt, Uh the, the people that work there are aware of it, uh, the, the Black people are targeted in Lawrence, uh, and then I, I just point to, uh, especially, uh, there was an incident uh, a couple of years ago uh, where the city police had a uh, a training on uh, uh, unconscious bias, racial sensitivity, uh, run by an outside organization, and in that training, uh, the, the well, some officer they won't say who or whatnot was ran the names of the trainers for warrants and then arrested uh, an African American woman in the middle of a a training on unconscious bias uh, for for like a shoplifting warrant from several years ago. So I, I, overt, this is overt racism that they're aware of and uh, they're they're allowed to uh, just sort of uh you know regulate themselves and uh, not not address the issue. Um, so yeah, I I, I just uh, like to point that out the and uh, Black Lives Matter and all that good stuff. So uh, yeah, thanks and uh, thanks for letting me talk so much. Sorry to uh, just uh,
1: bob the mic and whatnot. Have a good night. Thank you. You have a good night. I don't see any other hands.
0: Brandon, I think it's uh, uh, all yours then.
3: Yes. Thanks, Stu. Thanks, Rich. And thank you, Dr. Brown. Um, Brandon McGuire, Assistant City Manager. Again, I just want to thank everybody uh, who took time this evening um, to to join us and uh, provide their feedback to our our consultants with CityGate Associates. Uh, This was the second of our general public engagement sessions. Um, and it is just one component of a, of a much broader public engagement uh, process. Uh, so um, Stu mentioned at, at one point um, that there is a project website uh, and that's easily, easily um, retrievable through a Google search for Lawrence, Kansas police study. Uh, so I would encourage everybody to um, visit that website and, and check in from time to time on that. There's additional opportunities through phone and through email to contact the consultants and give them um, additional input. And then we'll also uh, try to update um, that project website with um, any, any different schedule announcements or developments with the project. And as um, we start receiving um, uh, reports from the consultant, I think that that'll be a a good um, venue for presenting those and making sure that um, those are all consolidated in one location for um, people from the the community who who are following this study. Um, So again, thank you to all of our community members. Thank you to uh, our media members and also for our elected and appointed officials who have joined us this evening.
1: Thank you all. Thank you. Have a good night.
6: Thanks, everybody.
1: Thank you. Thank
2: you.